0: The wind was not the beginning, there are neither beginnings nor endings to the turning of the wheel of time, but it was.
1: Three nerdy friends talk about Robert Jordan's The Wheel of Time. This is season one, episode ten, Land's Very Strong Hands.
0: Hello, and welcome, everyone. We are ready tonight to talk again a little bit more Wheel of Time. We're so glad that you could join us this evening, and I'm glad to have my awesome co-host with me as well. My name is Justin. i have got Michelle here with me. Say hi, Michelle. Hello, guys. And Stephen, our Wheel of Time guru, is here as well. Stephen, say hi to everybody. Hello, everyone. And we are excited to be with you tonight and have you with us, we hope. That you've been reading along with us as we're going through the eye of the world. Tonight, we're going to be looking at chapters 37 through 40. And we're getting really close to the end. There's quite a bit of, uh, quite a bit to go, but we're, we're getting there only a few more episodes. But in chapters 37 through 40, that's where we're going to be. So if you haven't read those yet, we would greatly encourage you go and uh, give those a read. Uh, well, hit the pause button first, but then go and read those chapters and then come back and we'll be here waiting for you. When you get back, so guys, how we doing this week?
1: Doing well. It's book time.
0: It's (laughs) this, 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 it all led up to this, right?
1: (laughs) And and I'm also like, I'm also like mentally prepping myself for springing forward. Oh, Uh, guys, I know, I know, it's the worst time of the year. And again, again, to
0: to our listeners, by the time you're hearing this, that'll have already happened. So, uh, but it is coming up uh, soon uh, on our. On our calendar, but I say this: yes. I I want my warm weather back. I mean, oh, I, I'm, just, I'm
1: just like we're springing Curse forward, but it's still you.
0: like like three Curse days ago. You. Like three days ago, it was spring, and now winter came back. It's terrible. And, and I'm I, listen. I'm, look, look, I don't want it to be a hundred degrees, but I, don't I want, want it to be hundred degrees. I don't want it to be this cold it. either.
2: No, 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 no. Listen, <laughs> the ideal temperature is from 60 to 70. Absolutely. No I'm okay. more, okay no less.
0: It was below that here today. So I'm not starting weather right
2: now. <laughs> We're getting snow. Right <laughs> We're getting snow tomorrow. So yeah, I mean, well, we, I, and, and that's inappropriate.
0: That should not happen <laughs> in the South <laughs> in March. <laughs> it's,
1: like, it's, yeah. it's, uh, it's, it's crazy. It's inappropriate.
0: Yeah. It's a state I, of emergency. I, like I said, I want my warm weather back. Uh, <laughs> So, you let's...
2: Can, you can have it. I'll send it all your way.
0: All right. Well, hey, I'll, I'll be glad to take it. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, let's get into our discussion this week. We're going to start by kind of combining uh, a couple of chapters, because uh, chapters 37 and 38 kind of give us the the same part of the story, just from different perspectives. So, uh, we have Nynaeve, Moraine, and Lan. They've departed the road, actually, to follow... Uh, One of Moraine's tracking coins. They find out that its bearer, who we know to be Perrin, is in a white cloak camp, and they take steps to set him free, and of course they find out along the way that Egwene is there as well. Meanwhile, Perrin and Egwene must continue to endure Bayar uh, and the white cloaks. Uh, Bayar seemingly gives them a chance to escape, though I think we have good reason to believe maybe he has other plans. And then out of nowhere... Land takes care of Bayar and the guards, and with some of the original party reunited, we learn that the changes that Perrin is experiencing are not completely unknown to the Aes Sedai and her warder. So before I I turn it over to Stephen, and he kind of guides us through uh, our discussion right here, I, I have one question that I have to ask, and that is, Michelle, how do you feel about Land's very strong hands.
1: Justin, you know exactly how I feel. You already know how I feel. We are Uh, busy. We're trying to make it to Tar Valen. We do not have time uh, for love. We don't have time for this. there's,
0: There's always time for love.
1: We don't have time for there,
0: this. There is always time for love. So maybe maybe now is hands. maybe now is not the best time for it, but there's always there's always time. Maybe they they need and, to focus a little bit, though. <laughs> and did you um, did you
1: catch his grunt at one point too when he thought like knave was in trouble? I know we're, we're about to naive was in trouble. Did you? I know we're about to move forward, like there, you know. Let's see, there were, you count that?
0: I, there were a lot of, I guess, moments <laughs> between Naeve and Lan in in this the is too in much these for chapters. Me. Um, it's too much. Well, we, we all know how Michelle feels. <laughs> it's too much for me. Uh, Steven, take us away.
2: All right. Help us get through this. So, <laughs> uh, so basically, our three members of the party finally catch up to uh, our two errant members. They don't know who it is. Yeah, They, they don't they... know there's two. Uh, they just know that they finally found them. Uh, yeah. Thankfully, Perrin gets his coin back. Uh,
0: yeah, so... we had we had asked about that last week. And yeah, we did. This, this gives us some confirmation that 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 does happen. So yeah. glad do you to think hear this that. this is
1: kind of like um, you know how uh, that last time you know when they when they got you know trapped and tied up and whatnot. Do you think this particular section took place a little bit further back? Like like you know because at one point she kind of sits up straight, Moraine, and she's you know she's concerned because she doesn't catch him. Do you think that we're kind of taking back taken back to kind of the beginning of that other section where they got caught by the white clothes. Yeah. Yes. Well, so, so yeah, so we're we're kind of taking a step back then. We're not
0: like further
2: right um, Yeah. yeah. Of that. So the, the beginning of chapter thirty seven with Nynaeve Moraine and Land has them still trying to catch up. Right. Okay. And so they we kind of see that moment where Moraine uh, gets a little frightened because the coin the connection is broken. Right. And I think okay. at that moment, that is when Perrin and Egwene are actually captured. Okay. Uh, and, and then and she gets the coin back, and they still have a little bit of more traveling to do before they catch up. So it's yeah. roughly a couple of days, probably by the time they catch up, that yeah. Egwene and Perrin have been captives.
1: And, and the audacity, too, of Bayer to take, the, take his axe. Are you kidding me right now? <laughs> like, that's just a straight disrespect. How dare you? And yeah. he just has it in his hand, just like, hey, like, hey, guys, wake up, kick. here, Here's, like, he just has his axe. It's a new axe. Yeah. Anyone else so, felt disrespected at that moment?
2: I mean, yes and no. I mean, <laughs> Bri- Bayar is, uh, I mean, he's honestly, he's a sociopath. <laughs> he's, he's like, I, he's he, Ramsey Bolton.
0: You know, he's I was, Bolton right now. I, I was having very similar thoughts about Bayar. I was, you know, I, I was trying to figure out, was it, uh, was he a sociopath? Was he a psychopath? I know those, there's some, <laughs> uh, it, it, you, the, the thing that stood out to me was that he felt nothing.
1: You know what it yeah. is though? He's not, he's not, I don't think he's either of those. You know how, you know, when, uh, when you're at work and you're just doing what you're supposed to do because that's your job. I think he's just the guy that's going to work and this is just his job and he's just going on about his day. It's the same as sweeping the floor or writing a paper or something like it's not, it's just, he's, his checklist, you know? I mean, you know, I, I don't I, I think, pick, I don't think he's getting anything out of this period. He's just I, so he's weird.
0: I, I picked up on that too, that, you know, I think we were having that discussion last week about whether or not he was enjoying what was going on. And no, I, I think, um, Steven, you you probably said it last week that he's he's drunk the white cloak Kool-Aid. Oh
3: yeah. Yeah. And and that's
0: that's what's happening. It just it's accentuated by the fact that he's a sociopath and he is hurting these people. He is threatening these people and he feels nothing. I mean he literally he
2: He doesn't feel and process emotions like a normal human being. Yeah. But he's fully bought in and but he doesn't get oh. like sick. he's not like he's sitting there getting like sick, twisted pleasure. Yeah. Out of torturing them, it's just to him. It's matter of fact. And, You're and, evil. I, You're I dark like friends. I, this is what should happen to you. You are yeah. worthless. And that's just you
0: life.
3: Know. You
1: know. And that was and I something. Feel like, I feel like that's how I feel. He. I have more emotion giving my dogs water than yeah. he does at the thought of skinning them. I like, I,
0: I I think I misread that about him. But but in those. Those chapters we looked at last week, it really did feel like, to me, he was getting some enjoyment out of it. But now we see a little bit more time with him. You really see the truth about him come out. One thing that, since we're talking about um, Bayar and the White Cloaks, one thing that stood out to me, and I feel like this needs to be mentioned, is and it may seem like just a passing thing, but it, it really struck me how Perrin kind of asked the question, to himself, how do I make them believe we are not dark friends when they're already convinced that we are? And if that, you know, I was, I was thinking about that. I think about how far ahead of his time Robert Jordan was, because, you know, I feel like we deal with so much of that same thing today. And he was already kind of touching on that, on that idea of, we don't care what anybody says. We're gonna believe what we're gonna believe and There's nothing you can do to change our minds. Uh, so it, it's just something that just stood out to me uh, how these white cloaks uh, are just just these it, these awful it reminded people. Me of,
1: um, of the Salem witch trials, you know what I mean? Where it's like you are a witch, and, and, you know, and nothing is gonna n- if if you're not a witch, you will die. Yeah. But if you live, you're definitely a witch. You're
0: yeah. gonna have to figure out
2: how to like so it's like you lose uh, it in yeah. the
0: way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah There's they, no winning
2: this. They're they're basically religious zealots and they basically yeah. Yeah. once they get it in their head that you're a dark friend, even if there was a niggling of doubt in their mind, they're gonna err on the side of caution and kill you anyways. Because yeah. not, you might in just in be really honesty, good at, at convincing them, you know, they're gonna see, oh, maybe you're telling the truth, and then that that voice in the back of their heads can be like, but that's what they want me to think. (laughs) In all
1: honesty, the second that I saw that the White Cloaks had like a a mantra, a mantra, I guess, you know, the light illumine us, nothing says cult like a (laughs) good mantra. No, I'm I'm not even joking. At that point, I was like, oh, oh, they're lost. (laughs) There's no way out of this.
2: Which, that is actually a phrase, the light illumine you, is actually... A normal phrase that other people would say, but they take it to a whole another. They they make it like a dogma, like it is. Yeah. They,
1: they all like they all like repeat it. And yeah. I'm like, okay, okay,
2: this is this is too much. Yeah, and yeah, there's the white cloaks are very interesting. Uh, mm. And
0: that's one way to put it. And,
2: You know, they're not yeah, like, all. <laughs> they're not all. There are there are normal. That's true. We haven't really gotten to see it, but I assume there are probably normal people that are white cloaks. They're just people that believe yeah. that they're doing the good, that they're doing right. You know, obviously, I don't think there's an entire, as large and force as the White Cloaks are, you're going to have some honest-to-goodness good people that have just gone along and drank the Kool-Aid.
1: Yeah, it's a, it's a good old-fashioned cult, you know what I mean? Like, you have the diehards and you have the, you know, kind of the people that follow the cult rules, but they don't yeah. really say anything because they don't want to be, like, you know, they don't yeah. want to be excommunicated, basically. So That's what I figure.
0: How about Nynaeve putting her stealth skills to the test?
1: And, yeah. and, Lan, and Lan saying, uh, you saw that, you you caught that part where it's like, oh my god, he thinks I'm good?
0: Oh god, <laughs> I he, know. You just, just, <laughs> like just
1: put up your skirt and go down there and set the horses free. Like, like I said
0: before, there's a lot of Lan Nynaeve moments in this. It's so weird.
2: Uh, it's so fast. I mean, that's, that's real life, though. I mean... Yeah. whatever, man. Sometimes stuff is fast, especially, you know, there's been a lot of intense adrenaline. There's been a lot of emotion, a lot of, you know, life and death situations that they've been around. It just happens.
1: I'm with Moraine here. Like, you need to remember yourself, Len. You need to remember (laughs) your oaths. You need to remember where your loyalty lies. We don't have time for this. (laughs) That's basically what she was saying Mm. um but uh i was uh i was so excited i kind of got goosebumps when perrin was sitting there and he had that message from the wolves Mm. and i think it was like help is coming help comes and i was like oh my god this is so cool right i mean i was super excited it's just the fact that it's like they're all together
2: yeah it's also the first time that with the exception of like the little tidbit we got with hopper right before hopper died This is the first time that Perrin has really had any of the wolves outright communicate to him. Like he's gotten impressions and feelings and things like that. This is the first time other than Hopper's little blurb right before he passed away. uh, This is the first time the wolves reach out and directly communicate to him without him reaching out first. Mm. I'm
1: not going to lie. I just got goosebumps. That's how I, that's how I show emotion. It's, it's never, like, if, if there's ever a beautiful moment, you're not going to see me shed tears or anything. I just get goosebumps. But when you're just describing that, like, he is now a wolf brother. Like, I just got goosebumps because it's so beautiful. Like, they reached out to him because he's one of them now. Yeah. Oh, man, I love it. And it's kind of short-lived anyway.
2: So, and before then, we get it, before we get too much further into that, uh, I just want to draw us back for a second to Nynaeve. And the fact that basically this whole plan wouldn't work if it wasn't for the fact that Nynaeve and her stubborn, brave courage decided she could do it and sneak through the camp to to cut those horses. Because yeah. without that, like, Lan had to be doing other things. He had right. to be going after the captives. Moraine yeah. had to do her thing. If they didn't have this village wisdom stepping up, none of this would have worked.
1: Absolutely. It, uh, it was it, it was as the wheel weaves, you know, as the yeah. pattern. it was literally as the pattern weaves. That's that's very um, true. It, no, you kind of see
0: you kind of see it all coming together. I really liked <laughs> and Michelle's going to love this, uh, that moment as Nynaeve was at the last line of horses and she was thinking about whether or not she, you know, uh, the rest of those horses will be enough. But there was this thought in her head. But but what will Land think? I know, <laughs> and I it wasn't. Know. I mean, it wasn't exactly like that. It was more of a. She she thought about, you know, how he would, uh, the look that he would give her. Even though, she also admitted at the same time that he would understand, but still, and he, he wouldn't she, she say does anything about it. But just she, that motivation of, you know, he thinks I I'm guess, good. <laughs> yeah. Oh my
1: god, he thinks I'm one. Of, he thinks we're
0: uh, one. But of course, that led that led to the discovery that Bella was there.
1: Shout out to Bella. She has been through it and she's still here. She's still doing her thing. Shout out to Bella.
0: Shout out to Bella. Yep.
1: And uh, I want to ask a question, because at that moment, it's like Nynaeve is over there with the horse and she's like, what are we going to do? And then lightning struck. And we know this was not normal lightning. I want to go back to Four Kings. Do you think Moraine was responsible for that, like, perfectly timed lightning that happened um, inside the inn?
2: Uh, That's what well, I, I, I I it's I like a I would love it if that was the right. case. Um, one, she didn't know where those two boys were at, because they don't have okay. their coins. And two... I don't think she'd have been able to in- enact anything from that amount of distance. That, that's, okay.
0: uh, that's what I was going to say. Even it, all other things notwithstanding, I think she was just too far away now, to be responsible for that.
2: It is okay. possible for things like that to be done with the one power over an extreme distance, but the amount of time would be detrimental. Like, she could set in motion things, because... When she's calling down lightning, basically she's manipulating the weather in the area to cause a storm or to, co- like, to naturally cause the lightning. So it could be set in motion where she could alter things to make it storm in a certain place, but she would have no control over like when exactly it would happen. Like the timing over that amount of distance wouldn't okay. be precise, and she wouldn't be able to, from that amount of distance, control where the lightning struck. It's
1: so interesting to me that, you know how Perrin just thought to himself, you know, no, we're going to head to Camlin, and that's where Moraine and Lynn and everyone headed to. I'm telling you guys, the pattern weaves.
0: Yeah, pattern well, weaves. that would probably be the, I mean, that would have been the most logical place, I think, because they, they know they're on their way to Tar and that's kind of the way the road leads. So yeah. um, They have but to we, go. we've still... You we say, we still got a little bit left before we get to Camelon, though.
1: Oh, I mean, yeah, I was just, I was just thinking <laughs> in my mind that they just happened to be... Because even the white cloaks were heading in that direction. Yeah. It's just so odd to me, like, everyone just happened to be heading in that direction. So that's pretty awesome. Actually, it was probably good that the white cloaks caught them, actually, because it really directed them towards that direction. So now... All I don't. Forward, right?
2: I don't know that I would say that they would have made it. Elias was already taking them there. They'd okay, have gotten there true. without the white cloaks, and they'd have been a yeah. lot less worse off if they hadn't run into the white cloaks. Okay. Um. But the the white cloaks, from what we can tell, are probably headed to Caimlin for the same reason everyone else is headed to Caimlin. Hey, and that it's where it's is going down. the down. False dragon.
1: We got to go <laughs> see the false dragon. We got to go see him. Yeah.
2: So, which is a part of what uh, will come up in a minute with B- Bayar. But before we go there. Um. Yeah. I wanted to talk for just a second about. Well, actually, we can go there. Uh, real quick. So, Bayar comes back, and we see him trying to convince Perrin to make a run for it. Basically.
0: Uh, Did you believe that? Not. I, I not. I feel like not
2: he for wanted a second.
1: Try it so that he could kill him.
2: Wait, yeah, oh, that's exactly that's what's exact- going okay, on here. I'm, I'm yeah. Like,
1: I'm like, "No, guys." <laughs> like, yeah. it was, like, "Hey, go ahead and uh go ahead and run." He just wants to kill him. So, because he's now, slowing him down, it's just logical.
2: Yeah, it's it's not a feeling. It's not that he wants Perrin dead. It's that Perrin is becoming a hindrance. So, it's he, just logic. By our sees that his lord captain needs to get to Cainwin because they have to be there to intercept the False Dragon. But his Lord Captain is bound because of the influence of the wolves to make sure that Perrin goes back for questioning. And so Bayar sees that the only logical thing to do is if Perrin were dead, then his Lord Captain could fulfill his mission. But his Lord Captain obviously can't just kill him because he's order bound not to. So the logical thing for Bayar to do is to make sure that Perrin ends up dead.
1: So here's the sharp rug, uh, the sharp rock, you know, just, just go on about your way. Yeah. I'm so glad that uh, Dapper intercepted that. Like, just it was, I'm telling you, this it's all perfect timing. It's just it's great uh, because he almost considered it, like taking the rock.
2: Well, I think really what what is really Perrin's saving grace here is the fact that of all the boys, he is our methodical thinker. Yeah. He doesn't, you know, if this was Matt, Not impulsive at all. He might Matt- just take that rock and cut himself loose, and then he'd be dead.
0: Yeah, Matt would have been all over that rock.
2: Yeah, so, but Perrin is the guy who, the puzzle mask, you know, he's the one who's going to sit and think it through. And because he does, that leaves enough time for uh, Dapple to warn him and for the plan to get enacted to save them. Uh, If he'd been any quicker, you know, things would have gone very differently. That's true. So, leading into that, can we talk for just a minute about the absolute and sheer. Uh combat prowess that is land.
1: <laughs> it happened so efficiently that it's like it's like well, a, you could just miss it, you know. It's just it was so
0: clear. Yeah. He 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 took out uh he took out three armed men with those very strong hands.
1: Quietly. Like just, yeah. he just he just oh my uh, Justin, if you bring this up again <laughs> <laughs> like, This is the last time uh, <laughs> you bring it up one more time. But I mean it, but, it was
0: <laughs> it was impressive. No, oh. for
1: like, oh man, this will be so fun to watch. Like this, I, I mean, it, it it happens so swiftly that you can't even truly feel it. Um, and finally, but, well, he didn't kill him, which I kind of like,
0: but... Well, when, what, what did he say? He doesn't kill unless it's necessary or something I, like I that? I like
1: that. I feel like that's commendable.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Because despite what Bayar is and despite the what the White Cloaks are, At least without any uh, evidence to the case, they're not dark friends. They're misguided. They're bad people. They're evil But they're not, not, you know, sold their soul to the devil evil. They are just people misguided and horrible as they are. They are people. And and just so
1: irritating not, in the way, but they are It's
2: not people. like a, a mindless trollic or a Fade. These are people, and Land isn't going to go out of his way to kill people unless he has to. Yeah.
1: That's also what was impressive. He did all of that, and, and no one's dead.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: And, and let's so, talk about the fact that this is probably the most I've heard Land say. In the. If we grabbed up the entirety of the rest of the book and put it all together it'd still be much more like this is much more that he said in this one little segment than he has in the entirety of the book.
2: So you're jumping to where, uh, they after they've rescued Perrin and Egwene and they're back oh, at yeah? camp and on the horses with Moraine and Anive and Lan and Perrin just kind of oh, have this little like camaraderie moment.
1: It. I did jump yeah. because I, I I'd, I'd actually kind of missed that one moment, but, um, I, I did like that they they all felt relieved and whatnot when they saw each other. So there was some bonding. I like friendship. I'm just not a fan of love. Um, yeah, <laughs> that's about it. Well, um, yeah, well. After, after um, his grunting
0: and everything. You know one of our one of our points there just just ahead of that though was during that little conversation between Lan and Perrin. We get a bit of a revelation about uh, Elias. Yeah, that, yes. That I'm he. So he not only did he used to be a warder, but uh, he also was kind of the one that trained Lan. So it's so it wild, really, right? Yeah, it, it, he has uh, some history there, and it's because of the wolf thing that he's no longer a warder. So, so not only is he a wolf brother, but he has that history of uh, fighting, or, or you know, at least standing yeah. alongside the Sedai. so i i would wonder would he still have um, his water any, any of those benefits that come or was that something that had been taken away from him i feel like
1: is this something where he has to choose a side where it's like you become one with the wolves or you or you finally
2: embrace the wardership yeah. maybe
0: so maybe we can maybe we can save that um talk about it a little bit later
2: yeah, there's some inf- key information that we haven't really come across yet before okay. we can get okay. too much into that. Um, okay. but Yeah, yeah that's it, it, an interesting question that we should shel- shel- shelve for later. All right. Okay. Uh, but I will remember that and bring it back up when we get a little further in. Um, okay. One, oh, I just had a thought there. I was I was, uh, I was
1: cool. a little bit disturbed at the amount of emotion that Land showed when he was, he, he had surprise he had he had worry. He had uh, <laughs> he had desire. Well, I was like, this is way too much emotion. It's really
2: disturbing. he is a human. I he, he's say he, oh, he <laughs> is no no he, he is
0: human. Glad. He he is human. He is just so much more in control of his emotions than anybody else. That when he does show okay. emotion, it almost comes as a shock. Because oh, we're not used to seeing that from him. But he's a human. He has those emotions yes. just as much as anybody.
2: Yeah, he's always feeling... He's actually, you know, he's a very deep person. He does a lot of thinking, apparently. He's a lot smarter and more eloquent than we probably give him credit for in the beginning. But he's just somebody that is very much good at keeping it close to the vest. Like, he uh, he, doesn't that, I, he doesn't speak if he doesn't have to. He's, he's, very, he's just practical and in control. He's very stoic.
1: Yeah. I like that. Yeah, so. I, yeah. Can we talk about uh, Perrin's eyes? I feel yeah. like that happened. It, it seems like it's because... It's like he was fighting this wolf brothership. I feel like he embraced it, and that's when his eyes changed color. Uh, that's kind of yeah. like my speculation.
0: It's, well, my it's
2: interesting. We see kind of a gradualness, because like, yeah. he you saw that his eyes had started changing before they mentioned it, because... He's able to see better in the dark.
3: Yeah. Like when yeah.
2: he's going to fight the white cloaks, he can see where they can't, that kind of thing. So his eyes had started changing, but I think they fully finished when, their change when yeah. he kind of embraced Hopper right there before his death.
0: And it's it's definitely something that is being noticed for the first time by somebody yeah. else.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, but the thing is, he can't see in the dark, but it, I, I did find it kind of weird that when Lan was inside the tent, um, he was really, like, he couldn't, he didn't know where he was going. Like, when the lightning struck and they were, you know, they were trying to escape the tent, he, like... Oh, quit. when they're... Like, when they're his, Perrin didn't know where he was going.
0: When they're first rescued, it did seem... But, I yeah. mean, this is, this is a gradual thing, too, I think. Okay. It's not... I, also, I, it's,
2: at... I think looking back at that section, it's not so much that he couldn't see where he was going, it was that he didn't know, like, where to go. Like, oh, they were oh in the, yeah, you're
1: right, you're right. They
2: were in the heart of the camp, you're and right. Lan was leading them out. They, you know, if they would just been them, they'd have been stumbling through tents and not knowing which way was which, but Lan was able to lead them safely out of the maze of tents and picket lines. Yeah.
3: It's
1: like, it's like she struck, like, the light out of out of the sky, I feel like it's like it just it's like she struck everything and then it turned into blackness. Yeah. It's
2: so weird. So, uh, did either of y'all pick up on uh Nine Eve's little use of the power?
1: Yes.
0: Oh I miss, my goodness. I missed that.
1: So, Lan uh so we get into the I guess wherever they are and she's telling Perrin, like, "Hey, I found out that the white cloaks don't like you so much. Can you take off your shirt so I can heal it?" And he's like purple and blue and yellow and whatnot. Yeah. And she's like, okay, I have this special cream. And she, as she's rubbing it on his chest, like everything just kind of heals. Like you see that the purple's fading to yellow and then it goes back to his regular skin color. And we're all just sitting, like is, no one really said anything.
0: Is, is like, that no. is that what it is? Is that him yeah. using? Oh, that's see, power. I just thought that was like some Two Rivers Icy Hot or something. No. That it was just one of no. her. Her concoctions, that was just working really well.
2: So that's the thing with Nynaeve right now when she uses the power. So she's using those medicines that would normally be to help that. But because she's channeling, it's accelerated. Okay. Okay. So, it's like, that's what they normally would have done, but it would have taken weeks for all of that to heal.
0: I didn't didn't really pick up on that. I just thought it was a really good, I I thought it was a really good medicine. (laughs)
1: As a a new reader, though, I'm like, I I also, like, I've never seen her really heal anyone before, so I don't know if this is typical for her, or if this is what she always does inside the village.
2: Well, Perrin mentions, Perrin mentions that Nynaeve's potions and medicines always work but oh, okay. sometimes it's like they really work. <laughs>
3: okay. <laughs> so he doesn't
2: because parents, yeah, but parents been healed by her before when he was younger. Uh, yeah. Using the power, so.
1: And that's why she can track him. Oh, this is like yeah. this is all going to be so beautiful.
0: Everything's coming together.
1: Yes, it oh. is. The wheels turning.
0: Uh, I think we might need to kind of. Move yeah. forward a little bit, don't you think? Oh, yeah. yeah, so while we descend to lead us into our next section, yeah, I guess while while all this is going on, meanwhile in Camelin, uh Matt continues to be stubborn, stupid, especially concerning loyal, uh, who was clearly not a Trolloc, and at the same time Rand has learned, for one thing, that he accidentally declared his side in a political debate, and also he learned that a strange beggar has been asking about him and his friends by name in the city. But for some reason, he still thinks it's a good idea to go out into the city to try to get a glimpse of Loghain as he's paraded through. And after he has this scary account uh, account encounter with this beggar, uh, he finds a place atop a wall to watch the parade go by, but soon finds out he's not alone up there. Um. So yeah, Rand is getting himself into some situations here, isn't he?
2: Yeah.
0: So oh, we yeah. we we hinted so, at this last week. Uh, maybe got a little ahead of ourselves with the when when Rand chose the color with which to wrap his sword to hide. He was he was doing it to hide the heron Mark. Thank and goodness he, was he just, chose the right colors. He too. was just trying to copy something that he had seen. Of course, we learned that those who wear the red are supporters of queen morgaze and those that are wearing the white are pretty much blaming her and uh, elida for all of the recent problems and there's a lot more white than there is red
3: yeah
1: are they blaming the her or is it just elida
0: i think it says that that they they're holding her responsible and so, and, and the Aes Sedai as well
2: uh, okay. so a little bit of history here um, cuz it is kind of alluded to but not like super spelled out in these chapters So, Andor as a kingdom has very strong ties to the White Tower and the Aes Sedai. Oh, yeah. Um, To the point that uh, the rulers, the queens of Andor at some point or another, spend time at the White Tower before they become queen, training with the Aes Sedai. Right. Um, Okay. And And the, and... uh, the highest in their military have been helped have been trained alongside borders. Yeah. So there's a big, there's a very strong connection with the, the, the country of Andor and the white tower to the point that she has an Aes Sedai advisor in her court. Um, More herself was one time trained in the white tower. Um, and so there's a strong connection. And because of how people feel about Aes Sedai, And superstition, with this whole thing where winter just seems to keep going and spring's not coming and the food's getting scarce and all these bad things are happening, people are superstitious and they're blaming the Aes Sedai, and because of that, they're blaming gays and Andor because of their connection. Okay. So The people of Andor that are wearing white basically said... You know, if the Queen wasn't dealing with these dark friends, these Aes Sedai, then maybe these bad things wouldn't be happening to us.
0: Yeah. And and there was one point that it wasn't even just the Queen and the Aes Sedai, but there was something mentioned about how uh healers in the city, people who had like yeah, you know, kind of like an equivalent to a wisdom, even they were being mistreated or or looked down upon because I guess of their, their skill or or you know, some kind of connections. Yeah.
2: Which that's and, blamed mostly on the white cloaks stirring people up. Okay. Um, but because the white cloaks are feeding that everyone can be a dark friend and they yeah. especially don't yeah, like I Sedai. And any woman who tries to do any kind of healing or anything like that, they just in their mind it's a very small jump from healing woman to I Witch.
3: it
1: just reminds Uh, me of like any superhero how about you know like the avengers it's like you help the city you help all these humans and the more you help the angrier they get you know what i mean it's just it's so irritating it's really frustrating but uh, yeah, Matt was really irritating me. This—he's just—it's like he's really the Ron Weasley of the Eye of the World. It's really getting tiring. <laughs> but, uh, to
0: get it together, uh, Ron, Ron. Weasley circa Deathly Hallows oh, and yeah. like, get and over Goblet of Fire. And Goblet of Fire. Everything. Just about everything every past book. Prisoner, <laughs> <of Ascombe. laughs> like, Just be quiet. Uh, sit back. But this or is not a Harry. Out. This is not a Harry Potter podcast. We love Harry no, Potter not. here, but no, it's not. <laughs> yeah.
1: it's a, but it's a really good comparison. I'm so glad are... he chose the right color uh, yeah. because if it wasn't red, we don't know if Rand would still be here.
2: Yeah, that's no, true. And, that's and that's a little that's, bit
0: further along, but yeah. Um, yeah,
2: but it is a very interesting thing. Like it just is one of those things. Did he choose it or was? The pattern woven in such a way that that's the choice he would find. Like, well, you know, was it predestined? Was it not? Is it just chance? Is there something more to it?
0: Yeah, it was interesting to me that the red cloth was cheaper. Yeah, because I would just, I would naturally think that dyed cloth would be a little bit more expensive. Than, it would be,
2: except that I, everybody wants the white cloth.
0: So the, okay, I think, it's, so, I think
1: it's less desirable. So you're just trying to get it out of the shop because no I guess one so. The Red cloth,
2: I guess. Yeah, I think so. it becomes like a supply uh, and demand. Uh, but, I'm
0: not but, a
1: merchant, but I, I watch. You know, I watch a lot of. Uh,
0: but may, maybe that's uh, there is something with the pattern going on too.
1: It's the pattern, man. As the wheel turns, yeah, the pattern weaves. Um, I was kind of uh, so you know Rand does try to go see the um, what do you call it the the dragon the, the false dragon the false and dragon. I also, and I'm so glad he did, too, because I want to see the false dragon. Um, I thought the beggar, because they're, they're telling, because he, he like literally weaves his way through the crowd and points at Rand, of all things. I thought the beggar would be um, the peddler. I, so I was kind of disappointed that it was like it was just some random person. Anybody else?
0: I, Michelle. I Michelle Michelle's still convinced that, that, that Pad and Fane is after them. I'm going to keep on bringing (laughs)
1: him up until, I I can't believe you guys really just lay people to rest. Like, no, I'm going to bring him back.
0: It was interesting that this beggar knew their names. Yeah, Uh, it's different than any dark friend. I don't think any of the dark friends we've met so far knew their names, so that was curious.
1: It's not even, because he didn't even know of them, because usually they're like, oh, there's going to be two boys, and one of them has a heron marked sword. And that was probably the biggest description that we've ever heard yet. But this one was, like, asking for them, which is really irritating, too, when you're trying to hide. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah, that was really weird. I, I was kind of disappointed, though, when Rand finally did get a chance to see um, Logan. It's not anyone we recognized. Um, you, I don't know why. You thought you, you thought, would
2: yeah, recognize him?
1: Yeah, I thought it was somebody that we know, but that, you know, was going by a different name. I, I don't know why. I just, no. I was kind of disappointed.
0: I don't know if what did you think of Logain. I say I don't know if anybody that could fit that that build just, right now because
1: I, I don't, yeah, not anymore.
0: Well, I mean, we opened the story, we we opened the book almost with stories of Loghain off in other places causing yeah. trouble. So
1: I don't know. I, don't, I felt like it, I was hoping it would be some kind of awakening, or maybe even you know Alzamon from his dream. I don't know. I was really, I was sure. really stretching it there, but we could see yeah. though. That Logan is not a man who's acting like you know, he, like he's in trouble or that he's captured. He's just he's standing tall and proud. Uh, yeah. I can't I can't hate on his confidence. We all need a little bit of that.
2: Is it confidence uh, or is it pride? I I I'm I think it's pride.
1: Well, it's, it, huh?
0: I, don't I, know. I think I think it's it's definitely there. There was a not not so not even just pride, but almost like a, a haughtiness to to his character is like he didn't even care that he was in a cage and and I he still, was up up and above everybody else even though he's been captured he's in a cage and he has all these Aes Sedai guarding him uh, he I, still, I still he still feels like he won he's acting like he won the victory
1: I still don't believe he's the dragon like I think he is the false dragon for sure I mean you're just it's kind of like the white cloaks, you know what I mean? Where they think that they're right or they know they're right. I think he's kind of has that kind of attitude as well where he, he probably thinks he is the the dragon, but I'm like, no, you're not. It's not that yeah, easy. I,
2: I think that's part of why you see him so prideful here is I think he really buys into the fact that he yeah. is the dragon. And I don't think he sees himself as being defeated yet. No. Like, I think he sees this as a hiccup in his plan. But I don't think he sees himself as down and out, defeated. Like, I think he still, in his mind, thinks that I'm the dragon. Therefore, this has to just be something that's I'm going to get through and I'm going to beat these people and I'll get back on my way and fulfilling all these prophecies and everything.
1: And I also think that he, you know, I feel like he's the ultimate dark friend at this point, And I feel like he thinks he's going to be re- rewarded. In the end, like Goad, is that what his name was? Goad?
2: Uh, Yeah, Harold Goad. Yeah, Harold (laughs)
1: Goad, even though he had like half his face missing. I feel like he thinks he is the dragon, and at the end of the day, yeah, I'm captured, but my master will come and save me. He had that. It's like we've seen this on like movies, several movies. Like he thinks his master's gonna come and save him. In reality, his master is going to sacrifice him on behalf of the cause. I already know it. he's, He's not gonna live.
0: Aren't the dragon and the dark one supposed to be opposed, though? Oh, uh,
3: are they?
1: Oh man, did I mess
0: that up? I, I feel, I feel oh, like
1: because um, Louis Theron is the dragon, isn't
0: he? I, I, I kind of feel like that's that's been hinted at, that but may, maybe I'm getting maybe so, maybe I'm getting ahead of myself on no, things,
1: like, no, but, because remember we had the prologue as yeah, well. So yeah, so
2: the dragon is definitely against the dark one when the dragon was Louis Theron. That does okay. not mean that whoever the dragon is can't serve the Dark One or that the Dark One and the dragon have fought together. We just okay. know that Luz Theron, who was the dragon in the Age of Legends, okay. was against the Dark One. We don't and know also remember- in past ages there could be any unknown tellings there, and we don't know what the dragon, whoever the dragon is in this age, what he'll decide.
3: Uh,
1: and, and also remember in the prologue um, Luce theron who I forgot who he was talking to who made him remember what he did um, he was trying to bring him over to his side too so I yeah like okay. uh, that's a really good refresher because I guess they could anyone could be a dark friend apparently yeah So apparently also an Aes guy I guess too
0: <laughs> it, it, that's that's rumored at this point yeah Tom <laughs> I, I was thinking about that
1: girl I, oh. I think it was that is that woman um, back in the barn. Oh. Uh, who, who had walked in, because... Uh,
2: uh, yeah, the one who tried she, to stab uh, him with the, the burning dagger. I thought she, I, I thought I, she I don't think Icedai. there
0: was. I don't think there was any evidence that she was Aes Sedai, though. Oh, okay,
2: okay. She was just a noble-looking oh. lady. Yeah. Who happened okay. to have a dagger with... That's smoking. Yeah.
0: <laughs> but there are rumors of dark friends among the Aes
2: Sedai. Yeah. so yeah. It's rumored that there is a black Aja. Yeah. So...
1: Oh, man. That's going to be one heck of a boss
2: fight. Like, it's coming.
3: (laughs) Uh, All right.
2: All right. Uh, Moving a little further forward, Justin.
0: All right. Um, So getting into the last little bit of our discussion for this evening, or or this episode, uh, Rand has fallen into a very green and lush palace garden where he meets the daughter heir of Andor, Elaine, and her brother, Gawain, and their half-brother, Galad. Protected as Elaine's guest, Rand is escorted to appear between, before Queen Morgays, where old questions about his origin creep back into his mind, and the hair and blade raises a few eyebrows.
2: That's pretty mildly. Uh, yeah.
0: What'd you say? Like, seriously. You say putting it mildly? (laughs) It was was, was
1: more than a few eyebrows, I believe.
2: (laughs) Uh. So before we go any further, I just wanted to pause for a second and pay attention to something that Robert Jordan gets praised and derided for, depending on where you lie. But Jordan is a huge fan of descriptions. Especially when it comes to the first time we meet characters and oh, to yeah. what characters are wearing, he got, uh, the detail that he goes into in Elaine's dress uh, here is just kind of.
1: But but I appreciated yeah. it though because um, for me when I read books it's it's like my version of like I don't like movies or like I I, I read books and those are my movies. This yeah. is the kind of description I appreciate because it's setting the scene and I can see her. It really it really she's wearing.
0: it really paints the picture in your mind.
1: Yeah. He does a really good job of it. It's not even obnoxious in my mind. He's he's just he's letting me see what it is. <laughs> yeah. Not yet anyway.
2: Yeah. Guess. So he does an outstanding job with it. Um it's just that uh as the series drags on you will kidding. learn there's only so many times you can listen to somebody describe a lace silk dress. Uh, <laughs> so, but he it is masterfully done and it really does paint a real picture of these people and bring them to life in a way in your mind for me anyways in a way that you honestly I don't even think even in a video or a movie format that it would ever really do it more justice than what he does right here. Oh yeah. Uh. So I just had to bring that up before we moved any further because that's something that I love about his writing style is just the attention to detail.
1: I can I it, it's it's great because you know I'm a first time reader of this series and I can I can see everything. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, it's it, really that's
0: it. that's definitely a positive aspect of it for sure. Yeah. But I can also I can also see the other side of sometimes yeah. it, it can get a little tiresome um to some people I, I i for one i'm not very good at paying attention to those kind of details
2: you're a skimmer uh, so
0: sometimes i at sometimes i appreciate <laughs> that he does such a good job even later on of giving you descriptions again that that maybe you've already gotten but it's just a reminder of of what he's already told you and here's uh, so. the real kicker
2: things are hidden in some of these descriptions
0: Oh, come oh, on. are you telling me i gotta go back and read them again
2: i mean we have to go not back and read not, <laughs> read them. not these specific ones but oh, okay. i mean there are gonna be clues to uh things that are you'll completely miss if you glaze over these descriptions as you go further I into will the say, books.
0: so i have i have to pay more careful attention that guy no,
1: i will say there was a time in the past where he over described straw i'm like we get it like they're strong
0: here.
1: It's itchy. Like you know, <laughs> so I, I will say that. But you could
0: I, you you were in the hay bale I know, with I Rand, weird. and you 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 were started feeling the itching
2: as I was well. Like, no, <laughs> <laughs>
1: I think I was just rushing. Like I was like, okay, let's go. Yeah. Um,
2: so what do y'all think of our uh, royal siblings here? Uh.
1: They surprised me. Uh, I actually like them. They they're like they're normal. They're normal people. They they didn't act like. You know, the way everyone acted in what was that city? Um, Berlin, you know how they looked at them and they're like, Oh man, they're country bumpkins. Yeah, like, like you guys aren't worth it. I you would think that the royals would treat him the same way, but uh, the, the amount of like they were so cordial and the way they protected him and everything, I was really surprised by their behavior. I actually like them.
0: Hmm. Yeah, well, I think with Elaine. I think she definitely needs to be knocked down a peg or two. But I, at the same time, I can't fault her because I mean she has been raised as a future queen.
2: Yeah. yeah so I can she understand
0: you know? I can understand that a little bit. So but uh, maybe at times she's a little overconfident. <laughs> however, it was for uh, a good reason though. say however when her compassion is on display it shines brighter than any any of those shortcomings that she has. Uh, just thinking about how she deals with Rand in tending to his in- injuries, uh, Gowan says that she had done this for countless you know, stray animals. And I, I like that little moment where he said to Rand, not saying that you're a stray, but... <laughs> um, it's, it's interesting. And then, I think,
1: I, they're really good royalty. It's like you're treating him like, like a subject, like he's, yeah. he's a person.
0: He, that's exactly right. They're treating him like a person. The other thing, too, was when Rand, I think, is noticing the, the lushness of the garden, and Elaine mentions that Elida was responsible for that. She had apparently used the power to keep their garden green, their flowers growing in the midst of everything. Elaine was kind of upset by that because people were starving, because they didn't have the food from their crops. And, you know, that, that really bothered her. So her compassion is is definitely worth noting.
1: She'd make a great queen, uh, is what I thought. <laughs> she actually thinks about the people.
0: Well, that's, um, uh, that's, that's, it, it seems to be the traje- tra- trajectory her life is, is supposed to be taking. I and mean, that's so. it. What? She's
1: no Joffrey. So there's
2: that. What did you think about Rand's reaction to first taking in Elaine and how he in his mind he's like think about it, <laughs> think about it. Uh,
0: I know else, listen listen listen, Rand listen to me it is okay to think that other girls are pretty you don't <laughs> have to feel guilty about that it's okay
1: <laughs> but he has other things that he needs to focus on there's something else. <laughs> it's, there's something about this boy too it's like every time he specifically even tells himself he needs to be discreet. He does the complete opposite.
0: Well, I mean, look there's 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 nothing wrong with appreciating the creator's good work, okay? Oh,
1: abs-
3: uh, well, but <laughs> Elaine, not
0: talking about Elaine appreciating is, the creator's good work. Elaine is a a an attractive young woman. Rand is a young man. And he's it's, at that age apparently. You know, it's okay to notice. Yeah.
2: No. So, what do you think so we Y'all are on board with uh, Elaine and with Gowan, her brother. Uh, what do you think of Galad?
0: Schmuck. I had like, I had, <laughs> a, I had no
1: feelings about him. I was just, I kind of just rolled my eyes. Um,
0: uh, he's, he's, he comes un- across to me like a, like a, what, like a goody two shoes.
1: Yeah, he's just like he's unremarkable.
0: Yeah, and and
1: the only thing he has going for him is he's a little bit older than Elaine and and Gawain.
3: Like, that's
0: it. And I I think it's even mentioned, I think it's Gawain that says that that Galad always does the
2: right thing, even when he shouldn't.
3: It's it's irritating.
2: He, He is a remarkable individual in the sense that his moral compass is so exacting and strong that he will do what he feels is the right thing to the detriment of himself or anyone else if he feels that it is the right thing to do. So, he is... Uh, he's interesting to say the least.
0: Almost sounds almost sounds like some other people we've met along the way.
3: <laughs>
0: Not going to name any names, but or or, no. or any or any colors or items of clothing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just
1: saying, and I get irritated with that. I'm like, you guys are siblings. It- there's supposed to be loyalty. There's not any, like, these the person
0: siblings. you're supposed to have loyalty with? Yeah, say, yeah. Galad... Oh. oh, half Gilad is their Galad is their half-brother. They have the same father, Come on, uh, but not is. the same mother.
2: Actually, uh, no. Other way around. No, no. No, same it, mother.
0: No. Right? Different no, father. no, 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 no. It said, it because uh, I no. just listened to it today, it said they have the same father.
2: Yes, I will you're, find right, it. you're right. You're right. You're right. You are right.
0: <laughs> I mean, I have yeah. I, I, Which I, I'm with you. I was kind of think when I was reading that, I was kind of thinking, wait, that doesn't seem,
2: yeah,
0: right. And I, I was thinking I was misremembered. I, I remembered no. it the other way. But you too, are but you
2: are correct. It is the same. Yeah, because I
0: I went back and read it a couple of times, and then I, I listened to it earlier today, yeah. and uh, yeah. So they have the I'll- same father, but Morgaze is not. His mother, Galad's mother. He's
2: basically she's adopted him because his father has passed away. Yeah, um, but yeah,
1: I wanna so. I wanna move on to the palace, like being before the queen and and okay. and everybody. I think that's um, so we're about to
0: that point. I think. Yeah, let's yeah. Let's, let's enter no, into let's... the
1: let's enter into the nervous uh, the nervousness of being before <laughs> royalty. And Elida, um, she just, she's so, you can feel her power, can't you? Like, you don't want to cross her, because she will, like, she will handle you. That's, I I don't know, I just, I I could feel it. She didn't have to do any threats, her confidence.
2: How do you feel in comparison to, like, so this is our first real experience with another Aes Sedai other than Moraine. So, how do you think they stack up?
1: I'm kind of scared that, um... Elida could really uh give Moray a run for her money. But a part of me is like, is she stronger, or is it the confidence of being under like being in the queen's ear? So I like I can't tell, but it is scary. Like if, it, if they went against each other, it's not going to be pretty.
0: There's there's definitely a, a strong sense of confidence there. <laughs> she is she is sure of who she is. She is sure of what her purpose is. And she's
1: a red Aja, and she's she stands proudly in what she's doing. Moraine, a part of me is like, uh, she she seems a little bit more wary, but I have to remember that she's been traveling and she's been doing so much. And that's probably half the reason. When we first met Moraine, she was also quite, you know, you could feel her presence too. You know what I mean? So I don't know. All I know is, you don't. I don't want to see them. I kind of do, maybe I do want to see them square off. It would be really interesting. <laughs> <laughs> if it was Mortal Kombat, I would like to see them like square off. Um, but this is the first time I've ever heard a description of Rand. I feel like right. I've never, I never knew he had red hair.
2: It's hinted and alluded at. It's yeah. not like outright stated. At, it's like um, she in like really seventy so looks. Like, yeah, it's I think
1: like, I, I've never heard that before. Like now, I can see him. Like I yeah, don't I think
0: I think what now. we've gotten the most about Rand is. He's taller. He's taller than most men his age in the Two Rivers, and his—I think his eye color has been mentioned—that it's not normal Two Rivers yeah. color. That—that's what. That's what is it? That, that's his what's eyes are been, gray. Yeah, so oh, that's what's gray. been brought up the most. Yeah, and okay. Two Rivers so, people normally have dark eyes.
2: Yeah, so most of the what's laid out here is basically Rand is more of your typical ginger, so paler skin, red hair, gray eyes. Most of the people that come from the two rivers are darker skinned, dark hair, dark eyes.
1: I, You so, know, I never even caught that before. Like, everyone yeah. like had, like, dark hair. I, don't, I yeah. don't know why I never... It's like I hadn't really thought about their descriptions until this moment. Like, red hair, so tall. He's just... He's different. And it, do you think Elida knows that you're not from there. Like, you have a different father. Like, your parents aren't who you think they are. It's like she's trying to help him, like, come to that conclusion. I think she
2: definitely knows something is up, because once again, people here assume on looking at him that he has the looks of an Aielman.
1: Was it Gawain that was telling everyone, like, that is his sword? It's his?
2: That is uh, Lord General uh, Gareth Bryn. Yeah. Oh, okay,
1: Gareth Bryn. Um I was thinking about that too. Um what was up with that? Like could they You, you know what I mean? Like um I was trying to figure out why he knows cuz it's so, not it, was, uh, it wasn't even simply like oh he came here with the sword. It was like no, that's his sword. I was I so was thinking I, it
0: was just his like his his experience especially as a soldier and like he just got a a, a reading, so to speak, off of Rand. like he could he oh, could okay. tell just by looking at him like the way he carried himself or something like that that so I it i can was, give belonged. a little
2: bit of uh, information here that doesn't actually spoil anything. Okay, uh, yeah. It's not something you would know yet, but it doesn't it's not a spoiler. So uh, the heron mark blade is the sign of a master swordsman. Uh, yeah. So the people who they're few and far between that have that blade, With a heron mark on it. One of the other people who has a heron marked blade. We know that Land has one. We know that Rand has one. Yes. Gareth Brynn also has one. Yep. So it is a matter of. I think what's happening here is that. Gareth Brynn is a master swordsman. And he can tell. That the way Rand holds himself. And the way he uh, wears that sword. It's not something he just picked up off the side of the street, and it's not something he bought at a merchant. The way he wears it, it's something that's part of him. So it has—it's connected. It's. I'm
1: getting goosebumps. That was so beautiful. <laughs> like I really am. Yeah, that's so cool. It's, I'm really excited to see where this goes. I'm like, I'm, i The fact that people can even sense that there's something special about him. Yeah. I, and it's kind of weird too because we know that Rand has never trained with a sword like this is not his thing doesn't this make you think did tam find rand baby rand with this sword like you know what i mean like was it just kind of laying there and maybe you i need to take this with me
2: <laughs> i just think that gareth brin picks up on the fact that the way rand treats the sword isn't that sword. like it's just a piece of metal it has meaning yeah. and and purpose to him, and, and I think that's what he's.
0: It's yeah. it's it, it kind of it clues in to, for Gareth Brynn that, uh, while a lot of other people may have thinking there's no way he earned that sword, he must have stolen it. Bryn is thinking, no, he didn't steal that sword. He and he's just picking yeah. it up on on his mannerisms and things like that. So
2: yeah, which I, makes I, him just dis- despite the fact that he is far too young to have been given the the rank of master with a sword the fact that he holds himself like that gives them pause because it is a very big jump in this world yes. to go from common soldier to master blade yeah <laughs> uh and so he... even if if he is even if he is too young there's a chance that he's a blade master and that would make him the most deadly assassin just walk straight into the queen's throne room mm. <laughs>
1: Is that why they had that reaction? I was like, oh, oh yeah. <laughs> like everyone was like, whoa,
2: swords out. <laughs> that yeah. was more than an eyebrow raise. I'll say I'll tell you that
0: much. Uh I was so trying to be subtle. Only,
2: the only way to become a blade master is to there has to be a group of other blade masters that bestow the title on you, or you have to have killed another blade master and taken their sword.
1: Oh man, I want one so bad, but I'm not worthy. <laughs> Not yet, anyway. Just give me a minute.
2: Oh, so and
3: yeah.
1: Continue, continue. No, yeah, we, we need. Gonna... We,
0: we're we're getting close to to the end. Yeah,
1: here. I think so, the main point that we need to we need to kind of end with is uh, Rand kind of gets a, a clue of what he looks like. Uh, no, we, it, he we, an
0: ailman. We 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 touched on that.
2: Yeah, I think no, the no, last... No, no, I mean,
1: like, the, with the hood, though, we had not said it, like, outright. He looks like an yeah. ailman with the hood. So we, we're kind of getting a clue of his origins a little bit, I yeah. feel
2: like. Well, we have... We had a loyal who thought he was an man, and we have Gowan who says, basically, if you were dressed like an ailman... You would look would like right one. in. Yeah. Uh, but I think something else more important at the time is the interaction with Elida right here. Yeah. So... Elida is apparently known for the gift of foretelling, so basically being able to see the future, and she has this little uh, little spiel here with Rand, and she only gives part of it to the queen. Part of it, she whispers to at Rand, which is all kinds of creepy. <laughs> so, But what do y'all think about this little uh, section here?
1: Justin, you
2: want to start it off? I- I'm trying
0: to find it again. Yeah, me too,
1: because I'm like...
0: Uh... <laughs> Steven, do you...
1: I think
0: you have to give us a refresher, Stephen.
1: Let's see. So, I had not really...
0: Okay, I found it. Um, I'll go ahead and read it. Uh, This I foretell, Elida replied, and swear under the light that I can say no clearer. From this day and or marches toward pain and division. The shadow has yet to darken to its blackest, and I cannot see if the light will come after. Where the world has wept one tear, it will weep thousands. This I foretell. A pall of silence clung to the room, broken only by Morgay's expelling her breath as if it were her last. Elida continued to stare into Rand's eyes. She spoke again, barely moving her lips, so softly that he could barely hear her less, uh, less than an arm length away. This too, I foretell. Pain and division come to the whole world. And this man stands at the heart of it. I obey oh. the queen," she whispered, and speak it clearly. So um, yeah. Wow. <laughs> uh, wow. Yeah. I think
1: that's. I think that's why I even kind of read quickly because when they start speaking so formally, I <laughs> that's what yeah. always catches me. I just I just move through it. I'm like, all right, time to go.
2: So now that you've Not, heard that oh. read again, what what are your thoughts, Michelle? So uh,
0: okay, yeah, go ahead, Michelle.
2: <laughs> oh sorry justin i, I'm I was still, i was just I'm gonna still say
1: abs- i'm still absorbing it
0: i was just gonna say so bright and chipper i know <laughs> yeah. right
1: the fact that he stands in the middle of it yep. i still i'm still thinking that maybe rand is the dragon
0: well you know do do we
1: he's the center of everything isn't do, he? do we like,
0: think it's a do we think it's a true foretelling I would I guess I guess I guess we don't really have any reason to doubt. I, I
1: don't I don't I honestly don't. Like I I
0: mean we've Because why would she say it? We've we've never really come across this before, so so what reason do we have to
1: the fact to say one way that, or the other, but
0: the fact that she, she says
1: that all this stuff is happening and he's at the center of it, I mean, is that not a is that not the truth?
0: Well, well we, here's we the do, thing. We do know that Rand is Taviran.
2: Yeah. Well, here's the thing though. Uh just to lead some credence here. Elida is an Aes Sedai, which means she has sworn the three oaths. She can't lie.
1: Oh, I keep on. Wow.
2: That's true.
0: And I don't think we've gotten any detail on the three oaths yet, but I think we have yeah. gotten some hint that the Aes Sedai oh. can't lie. Hold on, though. Yeah.
1: Uh, just because someone, because I've read a lot of fantasy. I mean, we all have. There's, we've met groups of people that cannot lie. Just because you can't lie doesn't mean that it's like it's like you're not lying but you're kind of <laughs> it's like you're kind finding, of not bending the truth a little bit.
0: Fi- finding finding ways to creatively yes. tell the truth.
1: Yeah, so I, I I'm not going to yeah. go based off that like oh she can't lie. Like no, she's telling the truth but she's yeah. she's saying it her way.
2: Hmm. Well, that's that's the whole thing here is she the queen commands her to speak it true and speak it plainly. She does. But then when she gets to the part that she doesn't necessarily want to share with everybody else, she still says it. But she drops her voice down to a whisper. So the only person who hears it is probably intended to be her. But Rand picks up on it Hmm. (laughs) because he's close enough.
1: (laughs) And so, he's gonna have to sit down and really think about it. What she said was the truth. She followed what she was supposed to do, but he has to sit down and think through what she said because you can't just misinterpret it. Because uh, people that only can tell the truth always have technicalities of what they're. Well, I didn't say <laughs> that. That's just what you thought. Because <laughs> yeah. it's always, yep. um, it's always with that group of people, the Fae, that always can't tell the truth or can't tell a lie, and it's it's always like watch out for them. Because they can't tell a lie, but they will say, you know, they'll lead you astray. So, I don't know. Yeah. I don't mistrust her, but um, I mean, she's not lying. I just need to go and read that some more.
2: Yeah, I need well, to I pay that, more
0: attention to stuff like that.
2: <laughs> yeah. nah, so, yeah. after that, uh, pretty much things speed up pretty quick. Uh, Morghese of course, lets him go. She gives him justice. He's done nothing wrong, so she's yeah. not going to lock him up. Yay. And Land, uh, Rand gets escorted out and back out into the city, which I think is where our chapter pretty much ends. That, that's I, I, a good. I, a I, good
0: didn't it, didn't it say something of like the, the further few more steps he took, the faster he started going? <laughs> oh,
2: yeah, <laughs> he was trying to get as far away as he could as fast oh, as he yeah. could. Yeah, because <laughs> he knows now that Elida knows about him, and
1: and that's he's not what get he out. wanted. Yeah. But I, I yeah. like that though. Moraine is going like. I, I'm, I love that.
0: Yeah, trying trying to lay low and... Um, Did the complete opposite. Falling, falling into the queen's garden is probably not yeah. the best way to lay low. Oh,
1: yeah. Right right in front of her children. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, uh, as yeah. far as future predictions go, I, or not predictions, uh, things I'm anticipating, I am so looking forward to um, Moraine eventually meeting Elida in the future um i am sure it's not going to happen anytime soon but i also really hope we kind of get more clarity of rand's parents i mean his if tam is his father that's his dad but you know his birth family like who who are you like what are you (laughs) so what's going on with your future
2: so are those your final thoughts michelle
1: those are my final thoughts i'm just anticipating more i need to read these books
2: (laughs) okay what about you, Justin? Any final thoughts before we wrap up?
0: Uh, well, one thing that I was thinking about was uh, I'm really looking forward to. Um, I'm hoping that our our whole party will get back together soon. That, uh, you know, finally, you know, we've got Perrin and Egwene finally got back together with uh, the other three, and now I'm hoping we can get Rand and Matt back into the group as well. Something else that I thought about is obviously I'm <clears throat> familiar. with uh, with this book having read it before and I know uh some of the story elements that are still to come and I I had not for I had kind of forgotten just how much is covered in like the last 10 to 15 chapters of this book there's a lot to come that's
1: why I got kind of concerned because I'm like there's there's a lot of answers I need <laughs> and, and there's not a lot of pages left. So I'm really, I'm glad it's a series, but I need this to, you know, like I, I hope that I, I, was hoping, it's like you want the book to be longer because yeah. <laughs> I need to answer these questions. Yeah,
0: well, and, and that's
2: it, the the marvel of it being book one. Yeah, well, we've got a
0: lot, <laughs> lo- not only in this book, but we've got a long way to go. Yes, we do. Uh, One yeah. last, one last, final thought for me, as always, white cloaks are the worst.
1: That they are.
0: <laughs> so, Stephen. <laughs> Uh, Do you have any final thoughts? We haven't really letting you give anything. Uh, Ah. You've always been asking us, but what are your final thoughts?
2: So, likewise to what you said, I am looking forward to the next several chapters. Uh, We're getting to the tail end of the book, and things really ramp up going forward. Um, We've had kind of this slower pace over the last little bit as the party's been divided and separated out. Um, but I think leading into the end of the book, things are really going to start churning up. So I'm excited to see that and to see y'all's reactions to it. Yeah, yes. And uh, I'm just excited to, uh, ah, there's so much still to come and, <laughs> and I'm so excited to see still. how y'all react uh, to it. Uh, right. uh, that, uh,
1: listeners, you can't see it, but Steven is giddy
0: over here.
2: <laughs> <laughs> he really, he really is. I I have waited for so long to have people to talk to about these books that I just love it. Uh, So, yeah, but otherwise uh, just happy with uh, these, some of the things that happen in these chapters, you know, uh, so much is set up and groundwork laid, especially with like the Wolf Brothers things and with, uh, you know, learning more about different characters. There's just so much great world building that happens in these chapters that I just love it. Yeah. So,
0: all right, but, uh, well, uh, you got one more thing? No, I was just oh. going
2: to toss it back
0: over to you. Okay, I think that's going to do it for us for this episode. I want to say to all of our listeners how very thankful we are that uh, you've joined us for this episode and and for, for the other episodes as well. We love you guys. Uh, y'all are the reason that we're able to keep doing this, and you keep us going when we see... Uh, That you've downloaded, that you've listened. We're so excited to have you along for this ride. Don't forget that new episodes are released on Tuesdays. They'll usually be in your uh, podcast feed, uh, hopefully Tuesday morning, maybe a little bit later than that. But we want to get them out there to you every Tuesday to make sure that you get every episode. We'd really uh, appreciate it if you would subscribe on uh, your podcatcher of choice. And also, if you can, uh, give us a rating and especially give us a review because that will help us to uh, climb up the charts a little bit and get our uh, our podcast in front of other listeners. Uh, in the meantime, you can also interact with us on social media. We're on Twitter at windbeginning, Instagram at the Wind Was a Beginning, Facebook and YouTube, The Wind Was a Beginning, a Wheel of Time podcast. Uh, you can also email us at thewindwasabeginning at gmail.com. Uh, Next week, next Tuesday, we'll be discussing chapters 41 through 44 of The Eye of the World. We hope you can join us for that episode as well. Uh, Until then, we again are thankful that you've joined us for this episode. Uh, I'm thankful to have had Stephen and Michelle. We've been together again tonight and uh, enjoyed this good discussion. Uh, And I guess from that, we'll just say goodbye for now. We'll see you next time. Toodles! See you, folks!